Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to All Things Medical Assistant. I'm your host for this podcast, Santi Noteas. And first and foremost, I want to thank everybody that stuck around and, and come back to listen to what it is that I have to say. And those that keep, um, I guess you'd say, you know, hanging out and, and waiting for these episodes to upload. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and I understand that, you know, my uploads have been spotty here and there. And I do apologize. I'm working on that. Um, again, I want to say thank you to all the international listeners. You know, I, the, the listenerships are still climbing. And I just really appreciate uh, all you guys abroad that are that are giving me that support. And please continue to do so. I hope at least, you know, I'm making some sense or hopefully I'm, I'm informative. But uh, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so... Um, just to start with, I've had some issues with my um, recording equipment. So uh, apparently the platform that I record on, Anchor.fm, um, they've improved their uh, ability to be able to record uh, voice to, to tablet or voice to phone only, and it's supposed to sound spectacular. And, and so far as I've tested it, it has. So um, I'm recording this episode <coughs> Excuse me, without my usual equipment, and I'm just you know, speaking to my iPad Pro here. And hopefully um, the quality is good enough for you guys to listen to, okay? Um, again, about my, my, my spotty uploading, I had said at one, at one point in another podcast, the reason why the publishing of my podcast has been so sporadic is because, you know, over this pandemic, I got to a point that that's all that I was talking about was a pandemic. And you know, I became bored with myself. I became bored with the podcast. There was a point when I just wanted to stop the podcast. There was a time when... I didn't want to do it anymore. There were periods when I didn't know what to talk about anymore because everything was just about, you know, COVID. And <clears throat> that's not what it should be. I mean, this is about medical assisting and experiences and who we are and how it affects us, not not, not so much about COVID. Because you remember, I was uploading every every Friday. And, you know, I just got I just got bored with it and I got bored with myself. So, um, but I still had that, <clears throat> I still had that, you know, driving me to want to produce podcasts, and that's why I'm still popping up every now and then, and and I'm I'm working on it. And what's happening me now is, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm here at home, and um, I'm sitting at my table. I'm looking at my window. Got my little girl here next to me. She's listening to her tablet, and got my window open. So if you hear uh, cars driving by, birds be, uh, uh, chirping, um, just know that you know I'm, I'm here at home, and I'm, as well, I'm doing laundry. So. Um, excuse any of the background noise, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about, you know, possibly coming back and, and, and publishing weekly because, you know, life has gone a lot better. Life has progressed. Life has moved on. I mean, we're still having issues. There's still the ignorant people out there. There's still the, you know, I'm sure all of those people that, that felt like they didn't have to follow the rules and that they didn't want to, cause they didn't want to be told that they're to do it. I'm sure they're happy now because I don't have to wear it, you know? Well, that doesn't still... Um, that still doesn't um, do away with the ignorance, you know. There's still ignorance. So all of these out there who were 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 the problem, uh, the problem, uh, the problem makers in the beginning, you're still the problem makers. So because I know that if this country were to go into any other kind of despair or default, uh, that you would still be the problem makers, you know. <clears throat> and unfortunately, we're still seeing it with uh, with with racism. Um, I will tell you this: I myself as as Santino and, and as a as, as a medical assistant, 
um, you know, and this this uh, podcast as all things medical assistant. We stand by solidarity. We stand by um, you know reformity. We stand by you know not really the funding of police because you know I understand as a, as, as an individual, as a father, as a family man, as a homeowner that we do need the police. You know, it just needs to be a reform. They just need to be you know taught some some sensitivity you know and and unfortunately this whole thing has brought out a a hidden systemic racism that we've been dealing with and it's been scary to think that all these people that i walked by or maybe the police officer that passed me by that one day could have been racist and and i wouldn't have known it well now we do and we we see things continuing you know like that one lady at the mall with uh, that that freaked out at Victoria's Secret and stuff like that. So unfortunately, we're still feeling this, you know. And you know, with this uh, asshole that just lost the election, um, he he's the one that's you know brought. He's the one that's opened up this Pandora's box in the sense he's the one that's given you know, the people the okay to act that way. And, and and it's not okay to act that way. And I don't mean to get on my soapbox, but this is something that you know I'm passionate about is. You know, where people or individuals, you know, I don't care what your political view, what your understanding, interpretation, whatever it is. The point is, is this. We're all individuals. We're all human. We're all people. We all, you know, we all, we all, as I say, we all bleed. We all cry. We all hurt. We all feel, you know. And just because you don't like someone because of the color of their skin or where they're from, that is just straight ignorance. You know, and unfortunately in the South, that's still the... That's still the uh, uh, the theme, you know. It's it's a continued um, uh, the systemic racism is because it's continually taught generation to generation down in the south, you know. So I don't think we'll ever be rid of it. But again, anyways, I as Santino, uh, all things medical assistant, we stand by solidarity and we stand by equal rights. We stand by equal um, uh, equal accountability and just treating each other right. And I hope you know we can get everybody else the same way. So. All right, so getting back to um, the theme. And so <clears throat> with life going on and, you know, stores opening up and restaurants opening up and not having to wear masks and all, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit, of, you know, a little bit more normal. And now um, the the beautiful thing is I'm starting to feel like I can, you know, maybe come back and start producing on a weekly basis because now, you know, we're starting to see more of a normal panel coming into urgent care. You know, now it's summertime and we're seeing more orthopedic issues, you know, we're seeing more allergy issues, you know, we're seeing more, you know, we're still, you know, we still get fevers and, you know, we've had a, f- a, fl- a few uh, influenzas and, and, and stuff like that, but, you know, infections, lacerations and all that. So we're starting to get, you know, <clears throat> the usual mix of what an urgent care is, is, is creating for so um yeah it's great and i'm starting to see um you know some uh, empowerment and, and starting to feel good about recording weekly so i'm, I'm really going to be working on that you know but again you know this that now that this we're going back to a normal a normal life and normalcy you know how does that affect me as a medical assistant well heck you know that affects me a lot and recently it's affected me even more now because there's a lot of changes going on you know the pandemic has taught everybody, has taught businesses, corporations, um, has, has, have taught people what they're capable of. You know, this pandemic has taught technology what it's capable of. You know, when there were no more clinic visits, no in-person visits, no in-person anything, you know, companies went virtual. I mean, I could just, I, I should have bought stock in Zoom. Oh, holy hell. I could just imagine what their stock is like now or any kind of a... Um, a, a um, 
platform similar to Zoom. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm sure it's gone. And it's just going to get bigger as far as I'm concerned because now that companies are seeing that they can start, you know, letting people work from home and not having it, you know, they can downsize locations, they can let people work from home. There's so many opportunities, right? Well, you know, unfortunately, with opportunity comes change and sometimes that change isn't good. And that's what I want to talk about today is change that just, to me, isn't good, you know. So where I work, um, it's, like I said, with the University of Washington, it's an urgent care. Uh, this urgent care is based in a location uh, where there's a high, um, it's, uh, geographically, it's very, very diverse. We have a high homeless population. Um, there's a high geriatric population as well because um, behind, you see, the urgent care where I'm at were just five little rooms, but the whole, you know, two-thirds of the building itself are, I would say, I don't know, eight to 10 to 12 primary care providers. So, you know, we have a high geriatric population. You know, we have a younger population, but more, you know, family medicine is, is in my experience, is more geriatric, um, uh, geriatric or pediatric uh, uh, geared, you know. We still have a lot of those that, that, that tend to go towards internal medicine physicians for primary care. But um, usually those are those that are very complicated in health um, uh, that, that tend to seek that, that type of care, internal medicine. But yeah, so, you know, obviously there's, you know, unfortunately we lost businesses uh, through the pandemic. We lost um, clinics. We lost, you know, a lot was lost financially. You know, people lost homes. Lost their jobs, and it was unfortunate. You know, uh, the government during the pandemic handled it horribly. Uh, we're late to response. <clears throat> I think they could have mitigated a lot better. And uh, the current administration is 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 picking up the slack and, and cleaning up all the the crap that was left on the sidewalk for it. So you know, I, in my in, in, in my opinion. And, I, and I'm not speaking as a Democrat. Or I'm not speaking as a partisan or anything like that. I'm, I'm saying as an individual, as a person, as a human being, other people being affected, that's how I see it. You know, this the reaction could have been, the, the, the timing and the reaction could have been a lot quicker, a lot more a lot more invasive and a lot more effective if it was done right. You know, so, but we understand there were other agendas. But anyways, so now, you know, the mitigating part of a disaster, because it basically it's a, this was a disaster, you know, what's the definition of a disaster? Anything that, you know, inhibits or gets in the way of normal um, uh, daily life for more than 48 to 72 hours, right? I believe that's the definition. But basically, it's anything that interrupts normal life, normal communication and normal business, you know, it, it's a disruption, we had a disruption. No more toilet paper. You know, idiots buying toilet paper and then even even being worse, trying you know selling it at a high price. You know, um, just like recently with this heat wave, uh, people selling air conditioner, selling a hundred dollar unit for five hundred dollars. Horrible, horrible people. You know, shame on you. You know, for for taking advantage. You know, I don't know who you guys think you are or what you're worth or where you think you got your sense of business from, but uh, you're idiots. So, anyways, so. Um, we, you know, we've, again, so we've, we've learned, you know, where we're at and, and, and what we could do and, and where, where we could go, you know, and with this clinic, um, just like all others, you know, we learned how to provide care via telemedicine. We learned how to 
you know, uh, work with symptomatic patients, keeping ourselves safe. And thank God, through the year and a half, I've not been infected. I have coworkers that have been infected. I have a coworker as well that has not been infected. There's um, physician staff that were affected and they became infected, you know. But, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that that I didn't get infected and bring it home to my little girl, who is my world and I, I love and my family, who I love. Um, very fortunate for that, and I thank God for that. But, you know, with 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 that with a closure that we had to close, you know, and I think the business of urgent care was forced open because we initially uh, the business was the, the the office was closed to physical visits, uh, physicians weren't seeing any patients, money was being lost, and I think it was two months later finally they decided, okay, we're gonna start letting people in again, we're gonna start treating people physically, and you know, let's start making that money, you know, and then from there they started pushing uh, more restrictions and more started adding more onto physician panels. They started adding more onto the urgent care. You know, there are all these changes, you know. Well, you know, now we have new management and now we have a leadership that's, uh, and this is my opinion, um, and I see and there's a leadership that uh, is trying to, I think, make up for that lack. Or also, we have another entity over here, um, uh, another urgent care, another big um, uh, hospital entity. Um, that's opening up multiple urgent cares and they've opened up this beautiful actual full-fledged full working uh, loan standing ER like you know five minutes away from us you know we can't compete with that I mean those guys offer you know telemetry they offer IVs they offer you know pain management they offer all of that stuff you know and these guys on leadership where I work for some reason they think we can we can compete with that when half the time we don't even have speculums when we don't even have the proper stuff to provide care, you know, their loss of, of, of consideration in that. And then they want us to compete with, you know, companies that provide uh, care due to um, appropriate staffing and appropriate, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, an appropriate uh, equipment, you know. It's, it's crazy, you know, you put an urgent care with very limited resources next to a, uh, a brand new full-fledged standing ER that's got MRI, CT, and all of that, probably, and how can we compete? But for some reason, <clears throat> these guys think, well, let's just let's just go from a 10 to a 12-hour day, a 10 to 12-hour day, and what we're going to do is we're going to use just the, the four medical assistants that we have run... Um, 12s seven days a week which the math doesn't add up there you know they're there you know our, our schedules are being turned upside down you know it's looking like it's going to affect family it just doesn't make sense you know it just doesn't make sense and these you know these these these, these yahoos you know making the decisions up at the top of the university of washington or whoever it is i don't know i mean I, i've got my manager and the director that i respect and all and and, and I have to work with, so, you know, and, and they provide me with, with the ability to go to school and stuff. But still, you know, there's these changes being made that are adversely going to affect, you know, my, my, my co-workers, my cohort, you know, not just in urgent care, but also in primary care medicine. You know, they want to they, they change our shifts and they want to have us rotate and all that. And we're, you know, we're concerned because, for example, me, myself, <clears throat> my daughter goes to daycare. She'll be going to first grade. Thank God, you know, um, you know, the teachers have made the right decision to go back to in-person. 
um, and school districts are enforcing it, and the teachers' union has backed off because they have no other choice. But thank God, because man, they have failed the kids. Failed the kids. Okay, teachers out there that did not want to go for in-person teaching, you failed the children. Okay, you failed the children. So, um, you know uh, that that you know for, for now she's in daycare four days a week. And I, my, Friday's my day off. I have the weekend. I have a three-day weekend. And, you know, it's pretty nice. Um, it allows me to take care of a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of things. But you know, I have her Fridays. And if they turn my my shift around to twelve hours and and, and and rotate, you know, weekends and stuff like that, you know, that's going to cause having to pay more out of pocket for for daycare, or that's going to cause just a whole world of problems, you know. Our daughter is six years old, you know, and I want to watch her grow up, you know, and, 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 and if you have a current staff that's been busting their ass for you, you know, you as leadership, as management, you need to take that in consideration, you know, um, and understand what you need to do. We are understaffed. Well, then hire the staff that can work those shifts. You know, we needed staff to be, we need staff to begin with, you know, and I think they just hired a new one, but uh, you know, you need to do the right thing here, especially for a group of people like those of us in the urgent care. You know, we were the first to test a, t- um, a nasopharyngeal test outside of an ER. And we piloted the first test in a parking lot, and we've been doing it since then. Coworkers have become have, have become infected. You know, a lot of people's lives have changed, have changed. And what consideration do we get? Well, you know, sans lube, we're going to change your whole life. Sans lube, we're going to go ahead and change everything and, and throw your life around and all that because that's just the way it is and that's just what's going to happen. And those are just what the, um, what the, uh, what, what the, you know, what the peanut heads at the top want to, want, want to make, you know. Now, our unions had to thank, you know, thank God our union, SCIU 1199 Northwest, has stepped in and, you know, they're starting to, they're starting to to push um, against it. And we made a we had a vote yesterday, so I'm I'm looking to see. I'm, I'm really hoping to see how this is going to turn out. Um, and, and I myself am looking to go out publicly and embarrass these people one by one, call them out, do it social media wise, because nowadays these people that sit way at the top they think they're untouchable. But the thing is, is that we know their names, you know, we get emails every day. Oh, yes, director, I mean, assistant director, director um, for region, this, that, whatever. Your names are there. We have your emails. We know how to contact you. So, you know, we, can, we, we, we have that luxury to say your name out in public, you know. We have that luxury to throw out a way to get a hold of you, you know, to where the people out there can, you know, they can get irate and outraged and, 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 and come back and, and maybe, you know, and, and maybe speak a word or two to you too, you know. But yeah, so this urgent care group, we busted our butt <clears throat> going through changes and going through modifications and, and our lab staff too. I mean, we've just been working hard, been working hard. You know, and it's not just so much about, you know, the job doing it. But you know what? Because of us, we've kept people like you who are non-medical safe. Even people in medicine that are ignorant and choose like, oh, no, that's COVID. I'm not going to touch it. And who are still like that. There are physicians that are still afraid of it when they should be smarter about it. And still have their offices closed because they're punks. Because, oh, no, it's COVID. Oh, let someone else deal with it. Oh, you know. 
you know, you, you, you've gone against the grain of medicine. You've gone against the grain of medicine, you know. You all got into medicine, became physicians, PAs, ARMPs, you know, uh, RNs, uh, MAs to treat the public no matter what, you know. Well, nobody hides behind the wall when influenza comes out, you know. We, we know what, uh, what COVID was, you know, for years, you know, it's been around. It's just different strain, you know, so why, why, why hide behind the wall? And why hide, you know, it's getting, it's really tiring to now hide behind COVID as a reason to not have, you know, grow a set. Okay. But anyways, so yeah, so we've been busting butt and, you know, we're keeping everybody safe. We're keeping the public safe. And instead of saying, well, you know, we need to make these changes. And instead of saying, hey, let's bring on the medical assistant staff that have been adversely, that have been directly affected and talk to us and let us know what you think might work. Let us know what kind of a schedule you feel might work. Let's work together. No, they refuse. They refuse to meet with a medical assistant staff because they're scared and they don't have the answers. And they don't want to get frustrated and look like, you know, like, 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 I'll just say it, dumb shits for not having answers. But they've created a little committee to speak for everybody else. No, you know what? These are the instances. These are, excuse me. These, these are the instances that have affected people in a huge manner, on a huge scale. And so you need to face people directly, face to face. You want to change people's lives? You need to face them directly, not hide behind a little committee, not hide, you know, not hide on the twelfth floor in downtown Seattle. You know, you need to come, you need to meet with everybody face to face because those lives that you're adversely affecting, you need to talk to us about it. Don't let other people handle it. Don't be so scared. <clears throat> and the way they deal with, the way they deal with the, uh, the eventuality of, 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 uh, of um, you know, uh, retaliation in the sense of like, you know, emotional and verbal uh, aggression, people that are upset, their answer is, well, it's going to happen. Well, 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 well you're going to have to make arrangements. Well, you're going to have to do this. You know, that's not good enough anymore because we know, we understand that that's your way of saying, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I don't know how we're going to do this, but it's going to happen. That's all you have for defense. You know, and all those up there, uh, you have to understand that this makes you look very inhuman, very insensitive, you know. But you know what? I bet you this. You make all these changes that are going to adversely affect everybody's lives. But you, as directors, managers, whatever, assistant directors, whatever, get to go home when you want, get to come in when you want, get to Zoom from home if you want. Oh, yeah, well, because I'm a manager. Yeah, well, you know what? Those that you're affecting, those lives that you're turning upside down, are the ones that you're supposed to be caring for, are the ones that you're supposed to be supporting, and you're failing. You sit there and you listen to us. You you just you listen to us and then we walk out the door and it's like, well, okay, whatever. That's not right. So yeah, so change, you know, we, we knew that a change was gonna happen. We we knew that a change was inevitable, but we thought it would be a a good change you know we thought that it would be a fair change you know we thought that it would be you know a change that was inclusive of everybody but no they want to extend hours to make more money but they want to keep the same staff to save money that doesn't make sense that doesn't work that does not work when you're dealing with, with with employees that take care of patients with anaphylactic reactions that we send out to ERs that we provide life-saving skills for, 
You need to take more of a consideration. Because all this does is it makes you look very inhuman. And let me tell you this. You know, I've got a big mouth. Obviously, you know, I'm on, you know, I've got couple of podcasts, you know, I've got videos on YouTube. So obviously I'm not afraid to get in front of people and speak on a large scale. So, you know, I've taken it upon myself with some other co-workers, you know, we're probably going to do the same thing with all these other people up there that are hiding behind, you know, doors or whatever, you know, those people that all they can say is, well, it's going to happen because they have no other answer. The next step is to point them out. You know, to to make them look like the insensitive humans they are. We have to. We have to. Because that's how you accomplish, you know, the, the sensitive measure. The right thing to do. You know. I understand that we st- we're still recouping money. And we still need to make that. I don't understand. I mean, we're seeing, you know, now up to 50 patients near 40 to 50 patients a day. You know, multiple testing this and that. You know. And this was, and, and, and these were numbers that we were seeing pre-COVID, and we were functioning just fine. Well, why now? Well, because they're wanting, they need to recoup money, and, you know, they need to save. And they say, oh, no, we're fully staffed. If we're fully staffed, and being understaffed isn't the right thing to say, then why was a new MA hired? Well, because one left. Well, yeah, but when that one MA left, you started, you know, making other MAs do more work. It just—it doesn't make sense, you know. You guys don't make sense. So yeah, so you know, how's that affecting my life as a medical assistant? You know, it's affecting it tremendously because now I'm in fear of not having this time with my daughter. You know, am I gonna have to leave my daughter at school now at seven thirty in the morning? Am I have to find another way? Am I gonna have to tell my manager that I'm gonna be late at least 10, 15 minutes, and then have that come up on my on my uh, on my review? Well, you know, you've been late, so no, you're setting me up for failure. So yeah, so any of y'all going through this as well, you know, my apologies, and I am asking you, fight, 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 you know, and and don't be afraid so much about, you know, well, I can't say that, because we have a union, and because of the union, um, you know, I work in in an at-will state where they can just come to us, and where they can just come to you and just, without explanation or reason, say, well, thank you for working, no more job, bye, you're fired. Uh, but with a union now, uh, they can't do that. They can't just do that. They have to. Um, they have to. Um, they have to give a good reason, and it's got to be something that's been precedented uh, to um, to mitigate or to um, emphasize the uh, the the firing. So I recommend anybody out there that's going through the same situation that feels alone or that they're underappreciated, join a union, get a hold of the SEIU 1199 Northwest, man. Not only are they fighting for us, but they have a healthcare training fund that offers us money to go to school. Awesome. You see, through this whole thing, they never lack. They never stopped uh, giving support. They never stopped giving financial support to go to school. So, yeah, so unfortunately... You know, this pandemic has turned management into a monster, into a monster. You know, uh, this pandemic has turned uh, people that can make uh, decisions into monsters, you know. But, oh, well, you know, that's that, that's for us to fight and, and the fight goes on. And I'll keep you all, all updated. OK. All right, guys. You know, uh, again, you can find uh, the podcast uploaded to all things medical I will, um, I will revamp, I'm revamping the, uh, the website still, I'm just having a lot of issues with it, but, um, uh, 
you can uh, go to you can email me at allthingsmedicalassistant.com or go to allthingsmedicalassistant.com and find um, one of your favorite episodes or an episode leave a message or there's a contact email on there to get a hold of me and let's get you on the podcast and let's um and let's make you a guest and and maybe a, a co-host eventually and i'm looking to bring back my previous um, guest zach uh, soon to talk more about maybe what's going on where he's at okay all right guys thanks for listening to all things medical assistant you know the please treat each other right no matter who you are what you are where you're from what color you are we all deserve the same respect because we're all human and if you can't provide that same respect and and be inhuman then you just need to stay away because you know what there's more of us than there are of you okay all right guys uh santino Tez for all things medical assistant Please take care of each other. Till next time.